Dear God, Dan Mitchinson, U.S. Correspondents with us now. Hi, Dan. Welcome back. You sound so awake for a new mom. I'm so <laughs> impressed. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Dan, if your uh-huh. phone fell into the long drop, you'd just abandon it, wouldn't you? Well, it depends on how much the phone cost me, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, uh, like, an, don't you have insurance? You just pay the excess, wouldn't you? Yeah, but you're going to have to show them the proof, aren't you? Uh, ta- do you? I mean, like, I think if it's fallen into the long drop, surely that we can all we can all just just let that one go. Write write that one off, or send it back to him and say you deal with it. I swear to God, that's the only place I would not retrieve a phone from. And she tried <laughs> anyway. So tell me about what's going on with Elon Musk's Twitter purchase. This is not going down well with everybody, right? No, it's it's not. I mean, there's been some pushback, uh, a lot of pushback with him buying Twitter, which still has to be approved by the board members. And there's more to talk about than than just that. In fact, more to talk about than we have time for. But what I find fascinating is that Twitter is going to have to pay a billion dollars if it ends the agreement uh, with Musk. There was a filing out today, and it shows that he's going to also have to pay the fee if he ends the deal. Now, there's a whole list of provisions to this. You know, if, if Musk can't come up with the $44 billion, or if Twitter accepts a, a competing bid, or or shareholders vote against Musk's offer, which seems very unlikely at this point, and the whole thing seems kind of strange, but it looks like it's going to go through. He comes up with $21 billion. Morgan Stanley and other lenders come up with, you know, whatever's left over there, if you do the math, and uh, he'll become the private owner of of what I think more and more people are on today than just about any other social media platform. Hey, but what's the deal with the regulators, right? Because he has to jump through some hurdles before this is actually necessarily able to go ahead. Yeah, yeah, he does. I mean, there's going to be a lot of, I'm sure there's there's going to be testimony somewhere. Uh, we'll have to see if there's any pushback from the board, which right now it doesn't appear there will be. This thing's going to probably take till the end of the year before it goes through. Now, could it could could this whole thing fall apart? Absolutely. I mean, it's a business deal. The wheels are still in motion. But I mean, you've got the richest guy in the world here, practically, who is is, you know, throwing around money. So he wouldn't do something like this, I don't think, if he wasn't absolutely positively sure that this was going to go through. But you've already got just about every Everyone saying, "Well, if he he becomes a, the private owner of this company, then I'm off it." But you know, they're not going to be. I mean, it's an addiction beyond Twitter. Yeah, totally true. Uh, we have spent the longest time talking about what a cybersecurity threat Russia is, especially you yeah. know, to you guys in the U.S. But actually, China is what bigger. Yeah, a lot more. I, I mean, and it's somebody. It's it's a place we should be worried about. Worried about. I spoke with a retired Northern and former Pentagon analyst Robert Spalding, who is. Uh, calling this Cold War 2.0, and he says we were doing a better job keeping a closer eye on Russia during the first Cold War, and we had better control over our trade deals with them. But now we're enabling uh, basically the the agents in China, the cyber military advancements over there. In fact, here's some of what he had to say about that. They have very advanced hypersonic missiles. Well, it's our NASA scientists. It's our you know, experts in hypersonics that have been teaching the Chinese how to make hypersonic missiles that are then in turn targeted at the United States. Yeah, and he told me, we train them, they go to China, and uh, we're not so much fighting this Cold War with, with weapons, but more with words and misinformation yeah. on the Internet. And China is winning that war, he says. They will try to sell the world uh, that democracy isn't the way You need someone who can tell you what to do and basically reassure you that the government knows best. No questions asked. And he says we are they are winning that war and we are losing it. Dan, have we got anything new out of this video of Alec Baldwin's interview after the fatal shooting on on Rust? 
Oh, boy, did we get a lot today. They released a whole slew of things. Uh, there's video showing Baldwin talking to the cops after that on, on-set shooting. Uh, this was released by the Santa Fe County uh, Sheriff, and we're seeing Baldwin answering questions. He says he was the one holding the gun. Um, he asks what they need. He seems very gruff in this video. A lot of other things were released. There was crime, uh, crime scene pictures, uh, text messages, emails, uh, footage from the film. And what's interesting, Heather, is in, in these texts, uh, basically there was um, a conversation between the prop master who handles weapons and a former prop master. And we learned that Baldwin always liked real weapons on set, never fake Real guns, real knives, and management on set was trying to get daily meetings with the crew to remind them that these aren't toys, but those meetings just never happened. And as for Baldwin, still charges they announced today against him have still not been ruled out. So there's a very good chance. So, well, you know, this is going to go to court. What happens, we don't know, though. So, Dan, apart from obviously just kind of tickling us a wee bit, a bit of salacious stuff, are we actually getting any information as to who might be at fault here? No, I think they're still investigating yeah. that. I mean, uh, of course, this all led to the death of of the cinematographer there. Mm. Baldwin admits he was holding a gun. He was told that it was it was clean, meaning there were no bullets in it. Obviously, that wasn't uh, the case. So I think it's not just going to be him that we're learning about. I think there's going to be a number of other people that are going to take the fall for this. All right, Dan, it's good to talk to you. Thank you so much. It's Dan Mitchinson, our U.S. correspondent.